Welcome to Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. We are giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. Sundays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m., Monday mornings at 1 a.m. We are streaming live at those times at richarddugan.com and the podcasts, which are the full interview. It could go more than 50 minutes. They are available on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, Blueberry, and a whole lot of other places. Folks are uh, reposting our interviews, too. We encourage you to go to our guest's website. All you have to do is click on their name or on the little grocery cart in the, uh, in the SoundCloud player or playlist player, if you will, and it takes you to our guest website. We'll give that to you of today's guest in just a moment. And um, we want you to continue your evolutionary process. I think that uh, you are going to really enjoy doing that because it's something that we all need to be doing. Uh, And uh, also, and especially, especially in this 2020, the year of perfect vision. What am I talking about? Well, our guest is going to help us to understand that a little bit more as we talk about inner vision, not outer vision. You don't need a new pair of uh, spectacles or uh, contacts. What you need to do is spend time going within, seeking guidance from your intuition, your higher self, divine self, whatever you want to call it. That guidance is always there. One of my guests uh, who we're going to have on the program in the not-too-distant future again for a return visit, uh, Lumari, has talked about how there are all of these different um, sources of information, but also there are these sources of calm and peace. That's what we want you to tap into right now. With everything going on uh, and and without uh, uh, going into uh, without going into too much more detail in that regard— We want you to spend time with yourself. And I know that sounds kind of strange, but now is the perfect time, folks. Today's guest is returning to us. She's been on a couple of times before. We're grateful to have her on the program. Uh, Lumari is our guest, and uh, she has written uh, a book we're going to talk about, but we're also going to talk about a bunch of other stuff that we are very... uh, excited about from that standpoint and just remember if i haven't said it and i probably have but it's okay i'll say it again it's 2020 the year of perfect vision i realize right now it's very difficult to have that uh but i know that my guest lumari has perfect vision because she spends a lot of time going within and we're going to talk about that as well hey thanks for joining us again Oh, I'm so happy to be here, Richard. What what timing? <laughs> oh, my goodness. I'll tell you, between uh, uh, the situation that I was dealing with before this program and the situation you were dealing with before this uh, program, um, we're here. We made it. Uh, we're alive and well. We're feeling good. At least I'd like to think that we are. Are we feeling good? Yes, we're feeling good. Excellent, excellent. Uh, and by the way, my, my kudos to your technical support staff there. I, I heard them uh, in the background there, and uh, thank you so much for helping her out there. Thank um, you. Let's, first of all, let's talk about your book. Uh, give us the title and the general premise, if you will. <laughs> it's not a mystery novel. <laughs> no, <it's not. laughs> tell, us, tell us about what you've, uh, what you've created since the last time we talked. All right. So my new book is called Streams of Consciousness. And it is about, from the ancient times, these are streams of energy that have been uh, lighting up our planet for humanity since our beginning. And so, but 
the one thing that's amazing about this is that we did not know. We did not have the distinction that there are 12 streams of energy to inspire and uplift and motivate and help humanity. And I did some channeling and some spiritual work and I started to discover them and I asked more and more questions about them and what are they and what, what, how can we access these? Because most of humanity, whether it's an individual connection with a stream or a global connection with a stream, it was always inadvertent. You would kind of like, kind of like bumping into something. And when I started to recognize the distinctions and the energies in each of the streams and how they motivate and influence people, I was amazed, not only for the brilliance of it, because it was created to help humanity, Mm -hmm. But also the view of I could start to see, and I knew all of us would start to be able to see those different aspects in different people, in ourselves, what we resonate to, and then in the people around us, what they resonate to. And, mm. and the distinctions and differences would, didn't have to be considered right or wrong. They were different points of view, and you could see the value in all of them and how it motivates people to look at things and do things in a different way because of their inner inspiration, which is their connection with the divine to begin with. Yeah. Well, a stream of consciousness title of the book available at Amazon, as well as your website. What is yeah. your website? Do we give that out early today? Okay. My website is Lumari, L U M A R I.com. Lumari.com. We have been with the previous interviews and will be with this interview linked to your website as well. Oh, thank you. Uh, Stream of consciousness. Great title. Um, and it seems to me that it's what we need to get into. Uh, I know that there are all kinds of analogies to describe, um, you know, going with the flow and, and, uh, working outside the box or outside the nine dots and on and on and on, uh, which seems contrary to going with the flow. But the reality is that going outside the box or the nine dots, sometimes our intuition, which is part of that stream of consciousness, um, is, uh, is what we're talking about here. And stream of consciousness is often referred to when somebody is just extemporaneously ad-libbing about something. It's like they tap into that particular stream, that particular, uh, they, they plug into that particular line, if you will, in the universe. You know, there are billions and trillions of lines out there of information. And I'm going to plug into the one on meditation, click, and then I just start, I, I just go. Or any other subject, if you will. Uh, is Is that kind of... In a manner of speaking, is that kind of what we're talking about here in terms of not only finding the answers to the questions that are on our minds, but also in terms of finding that peace and that calm, that tranquility? Um, uh, uh, well, I was talking to you earlier before this program about the preamble to the Constitution. And... Um, uh, there's, there's, a, there's a phrase in there, we the people uh, of the United States in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, promote, uh, 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 promote the general welfare, 
uh, something about, I, I can't remember the line now about tranquility, but that's in there. <laughs> <laughs> Is that kind of what we're talking about, clicking into those various sources of consciousness that, that are out there all the time? To well, be let me give you a, like a, a, real, a, a much clearer view. Okay. So well, how we describe mental stream of consciousness is you kind of bounce around and connect with things and bring them in. These are very specific streams of consciousness. So think of them just for this conversation as a road. And you've okay. decided to go to I-95. All right. And I-95 has particular qualities to it. Wherever I-95 is, I know it is a road, but I don't know where it is right now. I think it's on the East Coast, but who knows? But anyway, when, when, and you think of that as a stream of consciousness, and there's 12 very specific streams with very specific energies to them. So when you connect with one of those streams, one reason you're connecting is your soul expression lights up with that stream, with the wisdom, with the frequencies, with the opportunities, with the knowledge, with the expansion. It is like it's part of you. Mm. And so I use that because it's streams of awareness. So I use streams of consciousness, even though there is a way where you kind of play in it and you flow around when you're writing or creating or things like this. But these are specific trails of energy. So there are 12 of them that were created for humanity. And the reason they were created for humanity is because when humanity became individualized, right? And they wanted to connect with the divine. If you really think of how big the divine is, it's overwhelming. Your sense of self and perception and reality completely shifts. So it's much trickier to be human when you're floating in the universe and you forget, oh, I haven't eaten in five days. I think I should come back to earth and do that for myself. Right? <laughs> yeah. Well, so, 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 so these are always, we're always connected to these sources, if you will. Well, they are always beaming here. I'll say it that way. Instead of the connection, they are always beaming here. And generally speaking, people have their own connection. So for everybody listening, let me just tell you the names of each stream. So it makes it okay. easy to understand. So there is, and they're in no particular order. <laughs> So we have the stream of purity, the stream of honor, the stream of compassion, the stream of neutrality, the stream of harmony, stream of beauty and grace, the stream of wisdom, the stream of truth, the stream of radiance, the stream of reciprocity, stream of universality, and the stream of wisdom. I mean, I'm sorry, of unity. Mm -hmm. Now, each stream, as you can see, because they have a different title, you can see that the stream of purity will have one vibration that is aligned with purity, while the stream of radiance is a completely different vibration, all hooked up to and giving you direct access to the divine, but in a different perspective. Now, all of these perspectives are ways to connect with the divine, but those of us, there are those of us who connect with one in particular much more profoundly, much more joyfully. 
Well, it's a very interesting uh, to to contemplate because uh, and to go into because again, this to me seems so right with what we've been talking about on this program for literally years that I have been told <laughs> I, I should be doing for years, decades even. Um, meditation is just one part of that, but it can also help us to um, it can also help us to uh, um, calm the mind. We, and that's another thing that I find interesting is a lot of people, they'll talk about, I've heard this early on in, in what I understood to be meditation, training of meditation is, uh, you know, shutting the mind off, turning it off, so to speak. Well, you can't do that. It, that's not possible. The way I was actually heard uh, to do it is make friends with, <laughs> make friends with the mind and, and almost put it into a conversation saying, hey, look, <clears throat> I know that you feel left out and I get that. But here's the deal. I, I need some alone time with my higher self. And it's not that I don't love you, <laughs> but I need, I need to have that time. And would you be willing to allow me to have that time? And then I'll come back to you. I promise I will come back to you. I'm not going to leave you uh, or forsake you. And, and, uh, and then hopefully make a friend of the mind so that every time you go into that meditative state, it knows, oh, he wants the quiet time. So, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to keep the, the noise, the monkey mind, uh, to a bare minimum. Can't eliminate them totally. But is that, have you, have you ever thought of it in that context? Is that, is that a, can that even be done? <laughs> well, I think for me, it's a different, I look at it in a different way. So I don't, okay. I don't, in a way, I don't distinguish all the different parts because then when you do, you have to find all the parts. Now it's good for a shrink. Like to know that your emotional thing is this and your mental thing is this and your, da, 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 you know, that's a dissection. Mm -hmm. my mind is with me in my meditation. And if there's something that I need to pay attention to because I moved into it vibrationally, my mind is going to go, ooh, look at that over there. Do you see how that comes through the clouds in that particular way? Look at those vibrations. Open that up. So I'm engaging my mind, but I'm not having a battle with it. Oh. And so my, so what happens for people is their mind is arguing with them. I'm not arguing with my mind. Mm -hmm. My mind is helping me, right? So if I use that, that road meditate metaphor again, right? I'm driving mm -hmm. down the highway and my mind is going, now watch out, there's a tree over there. And I'm going, cool. But my hands are still on the wheel and my eyes are still looking at the road. But my mind is going to go... Oh, oh, see that guy, he's taking a left. Be careful, he's going to cut in front of you. Okay, fine, right? We're all working together. And what I feel people really have been trained, unfortunately, to argue with their mind. Ah. So there's one point of view, and then there's another point of view. And it's not even a discussion. It's not even, hey, you know, Richard, what do you think about this? You know, Newton said this about this particular thing, but you know, now scientists are doing that. You, you're exploring, that's curiosity. Your mind can be exploring all these different things, but we're trained to argue those points instead of explore them. Mm. 
So for okay. me, getting quiet, there's no difficulty. My mind doesn't have a difficulty being quiet. Mm, yeah. It's not vying for my attention. I see what you mean. I do see what you mean. Yeah, it's, and, and there is no question that it is, uh, it can be a challenge. It certainly can be, uh, especially in the context of, of meditation. We're talking with Lumari, and uh, she has a website, lumari.com, and we're asking you to go there to find out more about what she is doing. She has a, a book that uh, she, <clears throat> excuse me, is, uh, is making available uh, to you. Uh, it's uh, called Stream of Consciousness. It's available through Amazon, and I'll obviously go through her website. That would be terrific. That way she knows. But anyway, it's called Discovering the 12 Hidden Frequencies of Creation and Activate your higher calling and uplift our world. I'm going to focus on uh, your higher calling first, activating your higher calling, because to me, then that goes into and actually works to help to uplift our world. Um, is that the same as one's life's purpose? It's similar. So okay. you know me, I make like very subtle distinctions about things, right? Mm -hmm. Right. So, so when people are looking at life purpose, they're looking at one, one thing. What am I here to do? Right? Because purpose mm -hmm. has a doing to it. Now, when you look at your higher calling, so I would say, how am I called to be? Right? In so this moment, I, for example. Yes. And, 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 and continuing, it's a higher calling grows. Purpose seems very finite. For anybody who's searching for their purpose, they're hoping that that one um, job description is going to finally get there and they're going, oh man, that's my purpose. Okay, I'm doing it. Right? Now, if I talk about higher calling, whether you're like doing the purpose thing or whether you're doing something else in your life, you are called to be higher and higher of your own being. So it's not just the job description. It's how you interact with people. It's how you do your life in the moment. It's how you do your meditations as part of your calling. So it's more inclusive of your whole being, not um, only uh, what, uh, what people may look at as um, a divine mandate that they gave themselves or the divine gave them, depending on your point of view. Hmm. You are here to do, 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 do. That's <laughs> purpose, right? Mm -hmm. What is the vision that you have for yourself in this moment and how will you share it? That's a calling. Yeah. And that can be anything still resonating with who you are but now it's not like oh i said i was going to start a charity and i'm going to help such and such and such i need to do this now it's like oh people need food okay i'm going to the grocery store and i'm just going to buy a whole bunch of stuff and stand on the corner where people need it and give them food that's what i'm going to do today i didn't agree i'm going to do it for the rest of my life that's mm -hmm. what i'm called to do today so it's a more active listening as well does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. You know, that, that brings to mind a, an event that happened to me uh, some uh, a week or two ago. I, uh, I stop uh, fairly <laughs> regularly 
almost every day at uh, the Starbucks and get my favorite beverage, my, my specially designed chai latte. Mm. And uh, there was a gentleman uh, who uh, had a van outside uh, along the side of the road there and uh, walked with a little bit of a limp. And he was basically asking people for money for gas for his van so he can get back to Oklahoma. You know, and I said, well, I, 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 don't, I'm, I'm, I don't have any cash on me. And I walked on by and I got my chai latte. I came back, walked past him. He didn't say anything to me. I got in the truck and I thought, you know, there's a gas station just down the road. Maybe instead of giving him money, I'll say, follow me to the gas station and I'll, I'll fill up your tank, you know. And yeah. um, he says, well, I only need $20. I says, that's fine. So I went in there. I said, uh, put 40 on pump six. And I came out. I said, okay, go ahead and fill her up. He says, what do you mean fill her up? He says, I put 40 on there. He says, well, I only needed 20. He says, I know, but I'm going to get your tank full and you can be on your way to Oklahoma, get back to your family. So he filled up and uh, of course we're in the social distancing thing. So no hugs, no handshakes. We kind of, I just gave him the thumbs up. Hey, just go in peace and be careful out there. And I went on my way. And the next week I saw him back at the Starbucks again. Same van. Same request from other people. Apparently, he didn't remember me. And I was actually taken aback by that. I, I thought, this isn't right. This guy's still here. You know, I, maybe something happened that he couldn't leave. I don't know. All I know is that he's still here. And I thought, there's something not right here. And I felt like I had been taken advantage of. And so he, he asked me for money for gas. And I says, well, um, I filled up your tank last week. And you're not in Oklahoma. And, uh, and he just didn't have a word to say. And I, I went on my way. And then I realized that it doesn't matter what he does. What matters is what I do. That calling you talk about? Yes. It doesn't matter what the rest of the world does with your calling, with the actions that you might take in that, it matters that you follow through with that calling for that day, right? Exactly. And let the inspiration, so if we're still talking, since we are still talking about streams of consciousness, the stream of consciousness that you resonate with is going to inspire you, yes, mm -hmm. to take actions and also to be more fulfilled, more joyful, more on your path, without calling it, I mean, I like the word purpose as well, but um, it has, your purpose has been commercialized. So I'm getting away from that word for today okay. and saying it, you're calling. So while I'm an intuitive in a channel and I coach people, right? And my previous career was as a sculptor and I did that for a living for a while until I moved into this. Um, there are other things I do. So I'm not only focused on my coaching and everything else, but if I see somebody that I think might need a meditation, I actually, I've done this because I have a, a fun chocolate meditation on my website. And I walked into a, a store where people were really, a while back, really depressed. And I gave everybody the, the website address. And I said, do you like chocolate? And they said, yes. I said, I have a chocolate meditation. And they're like, what? And I said, yeah, yeah I, I thought that's what you said. I thought that <laughs> at first I thought, is she mispronouncing chakra? No, <laughs> no. I have a chocolate meditation that is going to make you smile. It's a good picker upper for the day. 
And I just gave it to them. And, and uh, another client of mine, I gave her the meditation as well for free, just because. Well, I got an email from one of those people afterwards going, I listen to your chocolate meditation every day. I thought it was just, you know, like a little quick, fun thing. She said, I, and now I wake up every morning and I'm smiling and laughing because I'm listening to you talk about chocolate. Thank you. Now, <laughs> you don't know where that's going to go. I'm sitting there figuring people have, I'm figuring they probably won't listen to it, but they will consider what the hell is a chocolate meditation? What, what is that? Right. And that will deflect their mind from anything else that's going on. I didn't actually expect them to listen. Well, you know, the fact that you named it or the name <laughs> chocolate meditation was given to it elicits that level of curiosity and that the mind almost disconnects and the imagination starts to take over going, what could that be? I wonder if, I mean, and that's really what happens. And so, and you telling me what it was, I didn't even need to do the meditation. I haven't yet anyway. Mm -hmm. uh, but it already made me smile. It made me chuckle. Yeah. You know, just, just knowing the name of it, you yeah. know, is it, that's the first step. And that's wonderful to be able to, to give to people um, something that will, will, will uplift them, that will encourage them, that will buoy them up, especially in, the, uh, in this period of time where we are bombarded. Where, and, and I have to tell you that, and I'm not ashamed of saying this, but um, uh, I, I uh, have been diagnosed, of course, I've said this on the program many times, with high blood pressure. Mm -hmm. I, tell, I tell, told my doctor, I says, you can take all the fluids from me you want and test them. You're not going to find the problem there. It's in my head. It's a process that I have to fix internally in my head. Um, but um, just recently, I had a situation where my wife and I, and I shared this with you before, my wife and I were expecting the delivery of an appliance. And the first day, the first day of delivery, they couldn't because they brought the wrong size truck. It was too big and they would hit the branches coming down the road and they didn't want to damage the truck. I understand that. Okay, let's reschedule. We did another week or so later. Uh, they come down with a smaller truck. They come in, can't change out the dryer because our current dryer is hardwired and they need a plug. So they can't deliver. So I get an electrician, put a plug in, reschedule. They come the third time. They can't deliver because they put it, guess what, on a big truck. Oh, no. So it still hasn't been delivered, rescheduled, and it's now rescheduled for a week from this, the day of this broadcast. And uh, I have the plug. The, the old dryer, I moved outside. I just said, I'm going to, I'm just going <laughs> to. I'm going to facilitate the process by getting this thing outside. And, um, and then when they come, they can just install and then haul that one away. But it's just really fascinating. And, and the thing was, was when they called for this third delivery and they told me, well, we can't deliver because I really thought, you know what? I'm a poor example of finding the peace and calm because I was mad. Not, I didn't use any foul language, but I was stern. I said, no, 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 you're going to have them put it on the dolly and they're going to dolly it down the road to our place. They said, no, we can only go 40 feet, 40 feet. They can only go 40 feet with the dolly. I thought, well, then I'll go get my dolly 
and I'll get the truck. Then they can walk down with me and so on. I, anyway, I just lost my cool and I said, no, I want it now. I want it now because I was just fed up. Finally, I asked for a supervisor. They put me on hold and never came back. <laughs> so I guess I kind of got my comeuppance. There are those moments though, Lumari, that we have. We think, oh, I think I figured out a way to get through this. And, and each moment that I have those situations, I have that special mantra. I have a, a rubbing rock that I can rub with my thumb and it'll fix it. And it doesn't quite work that way. We have to be diligent to, to remember moment to moment what our calling is, don't we? Well, we do. And, and the thing is, okay, so we're going to get off. That's just how it is. So we're not going to be perfect. There is no such thing. Even, you know, if we were judging perfect, let's put it that way. The divine judging perfect, that's a whole other thing. But if you look at it, there are practices you can do to help you calm down. And then when you're off, that's how I like to say it, just being off. When you're off, it's really good to notice what gets you off. You know, what makes you react, what makes you um, shift your energy so that it's not um, beautiful and flowing and inspired and everything else. You want to have techniques. So meditation is great. Chants are great. Um, doing things to make yourself laugh. I think laughter is better. That's me. It's like, for me, if you're pulling in joy, then that's where you want to play. So that's why I created the chocolate meditation because it's going to make you laugh thinking about it. And when you listen to it, it will make you laugh also. Now, when we're looking at the streams of consciousness, what's beautiful about it is you can find joy and peace and inspiration with every single stream. You can follow curiosity as opposed to having um, conflict or um, judgment or polarity. You can actually be in a space where you are in recognition of something. And we encourage you to continue allowing what happens, that is this program, to uh, inform and educate and enlighten you by staying where you are. This is Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. And we'll be right back. Tell me your stories, I'll do my best to understand you. And welcome back. To tell me your story, new paradigms for a new world. I'm Richard Dugan, and of course, this is 2020, the year of perfect vision. Uh, and uh, we encourage you to take that time to uh, de uh, dive into those streams of consciousness we're talking about with Lumari, and uh, we encourage you to go to her website. Lumari, thank you for staying with us and and returning to talk more about this because there is really a lot to talk about in regards to. Um, what you've written about, but also in this context. Uh, um, I know that, that we've probably addressed this in the past, and, and I actually would like to, uh, if for those people who didn't hear the last time, um, I'd like to uh, talk about the, the definition, if we can, of uh, uh, you know, consciousness, because I know that it's debated all the time, uh, but even more importantly, 
where it resides. And, and I know that that's a real tough one from a meta- metaphysical or spiritual standpoint. But can you, uh, can you dive into uh, it from that perspective here uh, as we get started with part two? Oh, sure, Richard. Thank you for asking such a complicated question. <laughs> that's my job, and I'm overpaid. <laughs> well, so, so if I look at consciousness, I would say consciousness is an awareness. Okay. Okay. So, um, and we talk about higher levels of consciousness, and obviously, my book is Streams of Consciousness. But think of consciousness as awareness, and then depending on the level of consciousness, you are looking at the level of awareness. Okay. So So, if we're talking about like just walking around, you know, down the street, mm -hmm. right? You're, you may be very well conscious of your surroundings, your feelings and your thoughts. You may not necessarily be conscious of what's happening in your whole community, what's happening on the planet, what's happening off planet, vibrationally, spiritually, you may not be conscious of it in that moment. So when we talk about different levels of consciousness, there is a consciousness that is more present and uh, I'll just say locational oriented. Okay. Like we're here on the planet and this is the life we're in. You may not be aware of the other lifetimes you have lived or the other lifetimes you may be living now, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You're aware of the here. And then expanding that, then we look at all of the different awarenesses that are actually possible. That's interesting. That's interesting. Uh, The awareness says plural. Yes. And and that's one of the things that we talked about before, and that having to do with uh, uh, the streams, uh, all of the different... Uh, well, I'm going to stick with the word streams. I was going to throw another word in there to try to be more descriptive, but, but quite honestly, it would be as if you were to, uh, let's say, start at the, uh, the, the head. Let's start at the head of, say, the Mississippi River, and you start coming down all the way to the Gulf. Well, there are all these little rivulets that go off to the east and west that are I- I- the equivalent of those streams of consciousness that you, you talk about, right? Is well, that a fair... It, it could be a way of describing it, but like, I'd like to say it this way. Imagine, mm-hmm. just metaphorically again, mm-hmm. imagine the sun, okay? Mm-hmm. And then the sun emits light. Now imagine the sun is emitting 12 different beams of light. And you can distinguish them coming down, like we can look in the sky and see the light beams, right? And sunbeams, we can see that. And as you look at them, they kind of go in different directions. They are the same makeup, meaning they're light. Mm-hmm. But each one has a different quality to it. So you can look at one beam of light and know that it's lighting up the mountains. And you can look at another beam of light and see that it's like right on top of a brand new Mercedes. And then there's another beam of light that is going into the waters but they're all coming from the same source. Okay. And you can see it more vibrationally. So instead of thinking of it like there's actually tributaries, these are very distinct energies coming through. 
Light is a much better analogy than water in this particular instance. Yeah. Um, it it is interesting too that everybody is is trying to uh, so to speak get um, uh, get a handle, if you will, on uh, this concept because uh, they they want to understand uh, the the aspects of the universe and their place in it and spirituality and is there a god single individual individual who's sort of running the show and i've kind of come to the realization that we've anthropomorphized that concept and that there isn't some sentient being okay that's that's doing this i, I it throws me back to um, one of the star trek movies where uh spock's brother is searching for the great uh, shall we call him the i am and so they go to the edge of the universe and it turns out uh, this uh, entity isn't so benevolent <laughs> after all. <laughs> right. Uh, so it's interesting how, and I was sharing this with a pro, uh, one of my other guests uh, some weeks, uh, well, actually just a few days ago, uh, about how my concepts, my philosophy, if you will, the things that I believe uh, are in constant flux because I'm still experiencing. How does being if this is the right word, exposed to some of these other streams or becoming aware of them, um, how has that changed you over the years in terms of, let's just say, your, your present philosophy from five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, and so forth? Well, and first I want to, I want to say something that's really cool about what you were talking about with what you think of as God, or I like to use the word divine. Okay. It is. Um, I like that too. You know, it's it doesn't necessarily have any um, script about it, so to speak, right? Yeah, yeah. So in the book streams of consciousness, the, the, when I'm channeling information and I'm connecting with these energies, and the phrase that they were given, that gave me about the divine, was the singular outpouring. Hmm. Okay. And so if you're thinking of the names that we use for the divine, then you could look at that and go, yeah, that would be a singular outpouring. And then from there, it goes all these different places, right? It becomes different people. It becomes different spiritual connections, et cetera, et cetera. So I love the aspect of a singular outpouring. And from that singular outpouring, then there is what I'm going to describe as a conduit. Okay for creation. So what I mean by that is that the singular outpouring in order to be singular cannot necessarily separate itself from itself. So if we are creations of the singular outpouring, looking at us like we are offspring creates a separation. From the singular outpouring. Now, what's really brilliant about that is that when the singular outpouring creates a focus, a vehicle for creation to happen, then it's not a separation at all, and creation can happen in individuation. So particles can happen, water can happen, planets can happen, people can happen, animals can happen, stars can happen. And they're all happening from the singular outpouring, but the frequencies of creation actually make it. So that's a distinction that I think that, you know, the listeners are really going to love, and so are you, so that we recognize that level of consciousness that 
we're part of it. That separation can help us focus, but it isn't the be all end all. So would you say, and I've thought about this for a long time, going to this concept of individuality versus, you know, this whole connectedness, you know, the, right. the oneness, the oneness. Um, uh, is that the same thing as singular? Uh, actually, this is a side question. Is the oneness the same thing as what they call the singularity? I think so. I mean, okay. I don't know uh, as much about the scientific um, definition of it. Okay. But I would say that being aware of the singularity where um, recognizing that there isn't any separation anywhere, there are different focuses, different dynamics, all that other stuff, but it's all happening within the singularity. Yeah, yeah. Which is a little bit different than, than how people look at it, but it's just like we're in cosmic soup. Oh, yeah. One of us is a little noodle. <laughs> I like that. As a matter of fact, some of us are, there are a lot of us who might be little noodles. To that end, I'm curious about something in terms of our human progression, our evolution, if you will. Um, the, uh, somebody said to me not long ago uh, that the concept, especially in light of where we are today socially, okay, both nationally as well as globally. Right. Um, is bringing forth a dissolution of the concept of uh, um, free will moving towards the awareness of the, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say the collective connectedness or the one aspect where it's not, as the, as the saying goes, it's, it's all about me. But it's not anymore. That conscious, that particular consciousness, if you will, or that particular awareness is starting to go away and be replaced with, or that, not so much replaced with, but the, the concept of community, collective connectedness, inter, inter, uh, interdependency, if you will, is starting to uh, become... Uh, more uh, people are becoming more aware of that concept because we're starting to realize with this particular, let's just say this virus, just how connected and how influential and impactful we might be, could be, and are on the individual. Is that a, is that a fair observation of the present day? And what's really lucky for us about this is the interconnectedness that you're talking about, or I like to say interrelatedness, okay. is um, now we have technology, as long as they don't bomb us with like crazy frequencies, right? <laughs> <laughs> but the interconnectedness we can talk to, seriously talk to anyone in the world at any time. This has yeah. never been present except in the psychic realms. Mm -hmm. So for me, as an intuitive, as a psychic, as a channel, etc., I actually can communicate with other people wherever they are, even if they're not on the planet. I can do that. That just happens for me. That's kind of yeah. how I am. But if you look at what it's like to be like a two-legged walking on the planet, we were limited to the people who were around us. 
Mm. And now you still felt community for the most part. You still mm-hmm. felt community with the people you grew up with, the family you had, et cetera, et cetera. But now we can see the bigger reach of things. Yeah. They always knew. So like if we go back, I don't know, if we're talking about this horrible virus thing, um, hundreds of years ago, they, they also knew that it spread from here to here to here to here. Mm-hmm. They knew that too, right? Now we're able to see it. There isn't as much of a time lag. Yeah. And we're really aware of it because of our communication. Yeah. So the community, the interrelatedness is being as important as the individual. And for me personally, what I want us to be able to, instead of compartmentalize, like being an individual isn't as good as being in a community as being like consciously connected with the all, because I know people who actually do work, seriously work spiritually as a community, meaning everybody's energy flows together and they create. Mm -hmm. I want us to be able to have all of it. It's okay if you look at the mirror and just see yourself. Sure. Every single past life and present life and future life you're living at the same time. Because we are focused in the moment and that's where we can create. And then we can expand mm-hmm. to that connectedness with everybody. And it's important because now we're at that place where we can see all of it. But I think I've shared with, I th- I've shared with you before um, my observations of the ancient wisdom teachings that teach us where we come from and where we're going. Mm-hmm. And it's the one as you have sort of described. That's where we came from. That's where we're going. And so then here we are in this dualistic world, or at least that's the perception. I like the Mayans calling it, uh, it's an illusion. It, it, that's what it, uh, the Mayans, the Hindus call it Maya or illusion. Um, <clears throat> oh boy. And, um, and so my observation of the United States and its founding on all of these individual principles um, seems to me to be nothing more than a passageway. Now, I'm not disagreeing with you about how we can have both, okay, community plus uh, and individuality. And I'm not saying that, that one is better than the other. But what I am observing is that um, there's going to come, I'm hoping there's going to come a point where the individuals begin to realize that though they have all of these wonderful, as the Declaration of Independence says, inalienable rights, that we also have the responsibility, as the preamble says, to uh, promote the general welfare. That means taking care of everybody and preserving what we have for not just ourselves, but our posterity, our future generations. And that's the juxtaposition that a lot of, uh, that I find going on right now in this country and, and even globally for that matter, when it comes to uh, this, this um, uh, shall we call it a balancing act? I don't want to call it a dichotomy because again, we're not talking about opposing forces here. Um, that one group says, look, I want to go where I want to go do what I want to do, when I want to do it, where I want to do it, and how I want to do it. And no one's going to tell me any differently because I have that right. And yet it's like, okay, so how do you balance that with preserving, promoting the general welfare, taking well, care of the community? I think what's interesting about that is 
the the motivations may be different and the understanding may be different. I really feel that if I'm talking to somebody who really feels that they have their right above all other rights, mm -hmm. that if you actually have a conversation with them about their kids, mm -hmm. it's going to be a different conversation. Because I, I so. because if they're talking about me and my beliefs, da, 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 I'm alien, I'm separated, but their kids aren't. Yeah. Their family isn't. Their house isn't. Those kind of things. We're in a place right now where what is, what can go on, I'll just say it that way instead of talking about it like it's prophetic, right? Mm -hmm. Right. What can go on is we can come to understandings about what inspires and motivates us in the whole of things and in the individual. If it wasn't important for us, Richard, to be individuals, mm -hmm. then I would be the only one on the planet. <laughs> That's true. Well, I've said that before that there are, I'm sure there are enough as, as they say in Star Trek, class M planets in the universe that 8 billion people would be able to occupy one each. But well, that's not the situation. We're well, all here together. We're all here together. We are all individuals. Mm -hmm. We are. Look in the mirror. Yeah. Whether, whether you think it's an illusion that you're an individual or not, you still have to either shave or put your makeup on or whatever it is with that face. Now, when we're looking at where we are inspired to move to, where our inspiration, our motivation grows, that is what the Streams of Consciousness book is all about. Mm -hmm. Because the Streams of Consciousness are 12 different frequencies coming to the planet, separate vibrations of qualities that uplift us, that awaken us, and that inspire us. And when you look at the 12 different streams of consciousness, what is so brilliant about it is that you can start to see what inspires you. And then you can start to look around you and go, oh, I'm resonating here. This is what inspires me. This is what motivates me. I see the world from this place. And then you can look when you know the streams, you can look at, oh, no wonder I don't know what you are talking about because you have a completely different focus. Mm -hmm. We could even be doing the exact same things with a completely different motivation. Yeah. And that amazing energy that can inspire us, which may have at one point created separation because of our own confusion can actually be a way of coming together, of being able to understand ourselves personally, our families, our community, our tribes, etc. And it's amazing to me. And it's also those, these frequencies, the streams of consciousness have been on the planet since humanity. And they were created because when humanity, when individual people, we're trying to connect with the divine, like I said, the singular outpouring. It's huge. And so they would become, like you know, they would become overwhelmed with the divine frequencies. Some mm. people, when they do, they go and they meditate. And like four years later, they're finally coming back to their reality because they're so blown away in a good way. But still, it's overwhelming vibrationally and spiritually to look in those different directions. 
So the streams of consciousness were created so that you could flow within one stream, still connect with the divine without being overwhelmed. And when I think of that, I really, you know, from my small perspective, it's brilliant. Yeah. Um, I want to remind our listeners, uh, Streams of Consciousness is the title of the book, Discovering the 12 Hidden Frequencies of Creation, Activating, Activate Your Higher Calling and uplift our world. That's something that we talked about a great deal with another gentleman who we had on the program, Ken Lord, and he was, uh, of course, talking more about sustainable uh, success. But we talked about purpose, and that's a big subject for this program, about people finding their purpose. How does uh, connecting with these streams of consciousness help us to do that? It, okay, that's a really great question, Richard. So, Imagine if you connected with the energies and qualities that inspire you, that you finally felt that, okay? Not a game plan, not a direction, not a map, right? Mm -hmm. But the energy and frequency that when you found that within yourself, when you found that you went, oh, I can see why, dot, 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 right? Because it could be any why. It could be, I can see why I feel so compassionate and loving towards people. I can see why I have to like get out and make sure I do X, Y, and Z. I can see why people, you know, doing good things, bringing me to tears every single time right? Mm -hmm. I can feel that in me. And then knowing that, then your purpose, or I like to say your calling, comes forward because now you can see how you're called to be. When you recognize how you're called to be, then what you choose to do as a purpose unfolds in a bigger way. Does that make sense? It does indeed. So people can go to your website, which is, please tell us, it is lumari.com, L-U-M-A-R-I.com. It's so easy. Yes. As a matter of fact, we're going to make it even easier. We're going to uh, certainly provide the link to your website on our podcast. Uh, when they go to listen to the interview, they just click on your name and boom, it takes them, takes them to your website. Or if they're listening on the player playlist uh, player uh, on SoundCloud, they click on the little grocery cart too, and it, boom, will take you to uh, your website, lumari.com. You have several other books as well as Streams of Consciousness. And um, I was actually, I'm sorry. This is my new, new, new one. Your new, new, new one. I understand that. But you also have one in particular, and actually I believe it's either Audible or it's just a CD called Alawaska. Alawaska? Yes. Alawaska. That's an S-H. Alawaska. Alawaska, the original language and vibrational source of creation. I have heard it said, and if this, tell me if this is related to this. Uh, and then I want to get into a discussion about this a little bit too. Um, if you can find a quiet place out in nature, kind of hard to do sometimes, but now it's perfect time because there aren't that many planes in the air and so on and so forth. You can actually hear, if not feel, the vibration or the hum of the earth. Hmm. Is that different from this uh, 
original language and vibrational source of creation? So I would say yes. Okay. So if we go back to what we were talking about earlier about the singular outpouring, Mm -hmm. and then through that singular outpouring, a vehicle of creation was made, alawashka would be the vehicle of creation. It would be the language, the frequencies, the energies of creation through which the divine creates and we are created. So can this... It wouldn't be, it's not... um, directionally earth related although mm-hmm. yes it is but it's bigger than the hum of the earth is that what is referred to in genesis 1 1 in the beginning was the word and the word was god and with god and so forth that word is referring to this this language that maybe was um, again they say first is the thought well and, and then it's in some cases it's called the word in some cases, then, then there was light, okay. right? It's another reference. And light is another frequency and vibration, right? Mm-hmm. So that in the beginning, there was darkness, and then there was light, and then blah, 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 etc. right? Right. I won't even try to quote the Bible because I'll mess it up. <laughs> <laughs> I always say I par- paraphrase, and this is not King Jimmy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> And so alawashka is that frequency through which creation happens and that we can connect with. So it's not alien Mm. to us. Like here's, you know, the divine and then everything else. And later on, five million years later, we show up. We're all part of it. And so my book, Alawashka, that's what I'm also channeling in the Streams of Consciousness book. And that's where this information comes from is through channel. Is there a particular, how do I say this, group, entity uh, that this information comes from? Or is it from all across the spectrum in the, do I say spiritual realm, (laughs) consciousness realm? (laughs) Well, so Alawashka is the divine one that I channel. Okay. Okay. So that is a consciousness a vibration, um, words, language, vibration, and and this divine one, which, like I said, it's like the first we have the singular outpouring, which is the divine, and then Alawashka was created so that the divine could create. Mm-hmm. And that okay. is the being that I ca- have conversations with and channel. And I channel other beings because I like being in conversation. So I'm, I'm asking questions. I have a book on the Akashic Records. I see that. And um, that book is me going, I don't think people are getting really what the Akashic Records are. I think I want to talk to them. Because initially, people didn't even think that there was a them there. It was like a library that you kind of went to. And I went, no, there's got to be beings there. Yeah. There's collective who is embracing all the wisdom of the universe. And I actually, I look at it like I, like you and I are talking, where you're interviewing me. I interviewed the Akashic Records and asked them questions about themselves so we would have more information about who they are. Mm. And that's me being able to just have conversations with divine beings that I um, connect with. 
And, and my book, Akashic Records, is kind of a classic as far as other teachers of the Akashic Records. It inspired them on their journey to connect with the beings, the keepers of the Akashic. All of this to me is always, has been very fascinating because um, it, it opens up the doors and maybe even the windows uh, to a lot of information that I wasn't aware of consciously but when I found out about it, I wasn't really surprised. Mm. And I'm not sure exactly uh, if it's because there was, there's a, an internal knowingness that this stuff is true, this information, these sources are real. Mm-hmm. You know, even though you can't touch them, there's nothing tangible. Um, it's there. And I think that's one of the other things, too, that uh, I have uh, learned as well. And that is there's going to come a point. And I've, I've believed this for, for many decades, uh, especially when it came to if, you, if, if I was really, and I was at one time very pr- Protestant, very Catholic and so forth. Um, but I also stood my ground when people tried to challenge me on my faith. And I said, wait a minute, uh, this is what's called a personal relationship with the creator. <laughs> this has nothing to do with you, Mr. or Mrs. Outsider. This has to do with me and my personal relationship. It would be like my marriage. You don't have a say in whether or not you think I'm living the right life of a married man. That isn't up to you. That's up to me and my partner, my spouse. Okay. Right. So when it comes to this kind of information, and then, like I said, this sort of internal knowing, I don't have to justify any of this to anybody and it's kind of what Greg Braden shared with us in a previous program about uh, the, the healing power of belief. He says that one day, we're no longer going to believe. We're just going to know. Yeah. We're going to know that we know that we know. Well, it's and, interesting that you say that. And I love Greg. He's, he's a blast. Oh, yeah. Um, the, the knowing for me, when we talk about, um, you know, that journey, the spiritual journey and, and who I'm channeling and how I'm receiving information I always had knowing. And so when I was in conversations with people, even when I was young, mm-hmm. I was just looking at like, no, you don't get it. You don't get it. Because I, now I didn't understand when I was young that I was accessing things that people even now don't access. Right. It's not mm-hmm. like your everyday thing where, no. It's not mainstream yet. Where you wake up in the middle of the night and you're astral projecting above yourself going, oh, is that what I look like when I sleep? Cool. <laughs> back down again and going, my, you know what I did? And my mother going, uh-huh. Sure. <laughs> uh, I'm like, no, I was awake. No. Right? Or even when I was in college and do, in, in art school and I would tell people, like, I had the most amazing conversation with Degas and Rembrandt, and, and I like I brought all these artists together because I was really trying to get this concept of like color and in, in, in its abstraction, and, and like they're looking at me like, yeah, really? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and it's that sense of, no, I, yeah, I know, if you're in art school and people think you're weird, you are. <laughs> and quite <laughs> honestly, that's okay. Oh, yeah. I, I thought being 
called weird was a compliment. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, I used to, I, I, well, I kind of still joke every once in a while uh, as far as my weirdness. And I say, well, you have to understand that for 15 years of my broadcast career, I worked less than six feet away from uh, a, a, an AM transmitter of a thousand watts. <laughs> and that kind of explains a little, if not a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I totally get it. And see, the thing is, with all of that, with with that knowing, it's okay to question your knowing. Yeah. And the reason it is is because if you can ask questions that open you to more knowing, then your questions are brilliant. Okay. Yeah, I love a good question. So when I wanted, when I wrote the book Akashic Records, Collective Keepers of Divine Expression. I was in the middle of a question. Who are the Akashic Records? How do they put all of the wisdom of the universe together? Because obviously it's not just floating in one little library and you go get your ticket and walk in. Right. Okay. When I started channeling Alawashka, when I recognized I was channeling it, because I have been channeling it forever. Right. My question was, what is the brilliance of creation that I can connect with. What is creation? And then mm. I got this huge download and lots of conversations and got my notepad out and started scribbling, scrubbling everything. Mm -hmm. So I could write down this brilliant conversation that I was having because I asked a good question. I challenged my own perception of what creation is, of what spirituality is, of what connection is not in a, a confrontational way, yeah. but in a challenging way. Can yeah. you know more about this? Is there something that I'm not seeing that's going to enlighten me? And with the streams of consciousness, when I got this book, because it was channeled, because it was another question that I was asking, right? Like, what is, I mean, some of my questions are simply like, what is going on with humanity? Why are we so segmented? right? Yeah. Why, why do we not understand each other since we all are each other? And then I was shown the different streams and I had lots of different conversations on what they were, what the frequencies were. It's like, oh, I didn't mm. see them until I asked the question, like what is inspiring and motivating humanity from all of these different perspectives? Because yeah. technically speaking, we all need to eat. We all need to sleep. We all need, you know, blah, blah, blah. We all need that stuff. So what is the distinction that inspires each one of us in a different way? Yeah. So when this book came through, I'm like, oh, you know, I can totally understand where one person would be resonating with this. And I could look at them and totally... I understand what they're saying, but I don't understand why it inspires them so much. And now with the understanding these streams and the activations of the streams, I can look and go, oh, no, I can totally see why that would inspire you. Why, even if our um, outcomes, we wanted the same outcome, they would be going at it in a completely different direction from me. Mm, yeah, I can see that. And, and, and what's interesting too is that 
it also <clears throat> re-emphasizes uh, for those who really are strong believers in individuality that there's no cookie cutter solution for whatever challenge uh, our community faces, whether it be education or health, uh, whatever the issue is, you cannot throw out one solution for all. It just doesn't work because we're all individuals in the physical body um, mm. in, in that respect, in, in including the mental, emotional, and in, you know, and, and spiritual realms. And yet we're finding more and more, we're beginning to become aware of our connectedness with this, uh, with this virus or any, or the influenza for that matter, when it circles the globe every year, uh, I've always been reminded of our connectedness because <laughs> of our, our impact on one another and, you know, and uh, how we seem to pass this thing along and it just keeps going and going and going. It's like, if we would just stop moving for 10 minutes, okay, <laughs> it would die and we could move on to other things instead of having to deal with this. But we, we, we as individuals, we fight for that individual freedom uh, to be able to move and go and, and so on and so forth. And again, then we have to deal with the, uh, the consequences of those decisions, of those choices that we've made, uh, you know, based upon, you know, the reality that we're in at that moment. And, um, but I think that we're beginning to get a better glimpse in spite of the fact that, yes, we've had the internet for dec a couple of three decades, okay? Actually, I think it's uh, two and a half decades. Um, we're, you know, and, and everybody says, oh yeah, we're all connected, you know, look at the social media and so forth. Says, well, yeah, but that's, that's technology. We're talking about human connectivity here. Um, is there an aspect, uh, going back to the book, Streams of Consciousness, where you discuss for the reader, and I'm hoping one day in audible form for the listener, uh, this aspect of not surrendering your individuality, but becoming more aware of your connectedness to every human being on the planet and your level of responsibility to them as well as yourself. Well, the book does not talk about your responsibilities okay. towards any of that. The book is really about understanding the vibrations that actually inspire all of humanity, but it does it in a different way. So we get to understand, first of all, you have to understand yourself. If you don't, you're just going to be lost no matter what. You're not going to be able to understand what's going on around you if you don't know you. So when you understand that particular stream of energy that embraces you and lifts you up and inspires you, then you can see your choices in a new light. You can see your path in a new light. You can see your, you know, all of those things and how you interact, how other people interact. So the book actually takes you and describes each stream so you can see and feel how people in our world relate. Mm. And, then, and then knowing that, then it brings you to another level of understanding a new paradigm understanding a new way of being, understanding how the universe is connecting all of us, and yet each of us has a unique perspective, yeah. which is brilliant, because there's so many different stars, we can't even count them. Yeah. And every single star has a different perspective in the universe, and they're not wrong to have that perspective. 
but they're shining their light. And so for us at this time, it's really important for us to shine our light. And so that is a distinction that when you read the book, not only do you understand the stream that is inspiring you and motivating you and that you have been looking at your life through that perspective, but also the book has frequencies in it so that when you read it, you feel brighter. You feel the shifts in your energy. You feel some of the limitations that have been blocking you. They disappear because these frequencies now you're you understand them. You're more connected to it. And that opens it up for a community that looks completely different and creates a new paradigm. Experience and celebrate grand leaps in personal, spiritual, business, and whole life fulfillment. Lumari, our guest today at Lumari.com, brings greater clarity to your journey, insight to your choices, as she just mentioned, healing to your limitations, and empowerment to your life, which is what we're all about here, too, in giving people the understanding that they have always, always had the power but they have been told that they haven't, that somebody else has it. And it's time that we begin to realize, if I'm not mistaken, that it's always been there. It will always be there. It's whether we choose, if we come aware of that fact and we choose to use that power and especially uh, going towards our own life's purpose. When did you start channeling? When was the first experience for you? Um. Probably when I, I've always been channeling, but I think I was aware of it when I was three. Not, not aware actually that I was channeling, but that I was having conversations from my channeling self. Mm. Because I remember having a conversation with one of my aunts back in the day, right? Mm -hmm. And telling her stuff. And having, you know, and I'm a three-year-old, right? So I'm this you know, cute little girl saying all of these metaphysical stuff about her life and her choices and everything else and smiling and laughing. And, and she's looking at me going like, oh, ah. <laughs> 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 I'm like, okay. Uh, and, and I have always been able to, because I can go back through all of my journals and see my channeling. See, there's a difference between my poetry and my writing and my channeling and my messages and my questions. And so I always looked at that channeling aspect because originally I was an artist, a sculptor. And, I, you know, I knew I was an artist since I was a kid. And I just thought that that was part of being an artist. Like you could have all these different conversations in your head with all these different beings and, and see things from, you know, like, oh, I wonder what, the Amazon looks like from Mars. Oh, oh right? <laughs> yeah. And, and so it wasn't until I was actually, actually out of college, and I, I think I was in my 30s before I realized I actually was channeling. <laughs> because a, uh, a very well-known um, spiritual leader told me I was. Mm -hmm. I went to take her course to learn how to channel. <laughs> Oh, wow. Yeah, you're already doing it. <laughs> She's like, no, no, no. <laughs> you are channeling. And yeah. by the way, you just channeled this. Her name is Dolores Ashcroft Norwicky, and she's from England. She's a brilliant, brilliant woman. And um, 
I did this meditation that she guided us through and I started talking about it and everybody was holding space for me in my meditation, started telling the room what my meditation was. <laughs> and I'm sitting there going, what? Yes, you had these beautiful leather beaded boots and you were in the, in the like talking about my native life and my herbs and my, I'm like, I'm supposed to be saying that. And she's laughing, she's saying, you think you came here to learn how to channel. Not only did you channel, you took everybody with you. I'm like, <laughs> oh. And so it was like that awareness because I have always had those gifts, but I didn't distinguish them. And so when we're talking about like a singularity or, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. For me, it was all happening at once. So I didn't distinguish those things until later in life when, when people would go, really? <laughs> I'm guessing that uh, as a three-year-old, uh, because you're, uh, you hadn't yet been, I don't know if the right word is programmed or what have you, um, to think in certain ways, that when you started channeling, mm -hmm. as you came to know it later, it didn't freak you out. No, no, it no. Just, it was just what you did. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, it, I didn't, none of it freaked me out until much later when I saw, as I was growing up, these were just conversations I had. And I was very fortunate to have parents who entertained everybody's different perspective. Mm. They didn't have a judgment. They had their own way of being. But you could say anything you wanted. Yeah. And, and it was acceptable to actually say it, even if we didn't like you saying it. There was permission for that conversation. So I could really say anything I wanted unless I started screaming at a priest or a rabbi. Then no, that wasn't good. <laughs> screaming at a priest or a rabbi, huh? Oh my gosh, I, I have done that. Is that what you think about God? That's so limiting. How could you say that? Yeah. As an eight-year-old, it's not cool. <laughs> As an eight-year-old, maybe uh, 28, 38, 48, maybe. Uh, that's, it's, it's one of the things that I've struggled with through my early years uh, of searching and trying to find, so to speak, my place in the universe, if you will, or find the answers to the questions that I had. Uh, I always put it in this context that, and it was at this religious radio station that I was working for, um, that I was asking uh, questions that would be uh, categorized under the word heresy. <laughs> and I would say that, look, if they want to brand me with a big old H on my forehead, I will wear it proudly because I just could not accept the answers. They, they made, it wasn't that I was fighting them. It was that the answers I was given just didn't make any sense to me. That's the brilliance of questioning. Yeah. And so like when I said all of the books that I've written, I had mm -hmm. written them because I had a question that I wanted to ask the universe. Yeah. And then I followed that question vibrationally. That's my channel channeling gift. I could follow it to the source of the answer and answer is in quotes because answers are evolving as well as questions. Right. If I wrote another book on the Akashic records, I would have different questions. Well, yeah. Because you have now experienced more, 
Uh, yeah. You've done, you know, you've done more, you've met more people, heard more things, you've had more internal experiences. And to that end, as a reminder to our listeners, this is 2020, the year of perfect vision, inner vision going within to finding those answers, which is basically what you've been doing for years yeah. uh, to find the answers for you. And even though these books you have written were because you were asking the questions, obviously there was enough there of, shall we say, uh, a collective consciousness of, of questioning that you've put this out to us, so, for example, streams of consciousness, <clears throat> because it's relevant for the rest of us as well. It's not just, it's just not, it's not just you, you and your questions. It's, everybody's asking these kinds of questions and, and it will really help many of us to, to come to grips with the, some of the answers maybe that you've come to, or it may raise even more questions. And that's okay. No, and, and the thing for me is when I go into, quote unquote, book mode, right? Mm -hmm. Meaning I, will, I don't want an answer. I want the grand answer. <laughs> of different ways of looking at it so that I'm in, or immersed in you can loot it this way, but what about this? But look over here. Oh, wait, there's more, right? Like that kind of thing. And I'm doing that, having seven or eight different conversations in my mind at the same time as I'm writing. And I'm doing it because it's my own curiosity, but I know I'm bringing it here. I know I'm bringing it to you. I know I'm bringing it to all of us. And what is crazy sometimes for me is I also know that sometimes Maybe not a lot of people are even going to find my book, but it is here for them Yeah. if they do find it. And that is really some of the, the powerful and also joyful things. So, I mean, one of my questions was, because you know I have a sense of humor, Richard. Mm -hmm. so I have a book called Living Inspired with Lumari. I wrote mm -hmm. that book because I got really tired of people saying the word inspiration like it was soap. Oh, yeah, I got inspired and I did this. And like, they're not getting the universe is giving you something brilliant. And that's what inspiration is. Yeah. And as an artist and also as a spiritual coach and teacher and writer, et cetera, et cetera, like inspiration comes and I can feel that divine connection filling me and anointing me and lifting me with this brilliance. And people were talking about inspiration like, yeah, I got inspired and I got in the car and it was like, Really, and then you're gonna love this. I saw on the TV, there was a commercial that said, pork, be inspired. And I said, okay, I've had enough. I have to write a book. <laughs> if you're gonna think pork is inspiring, meaning inspiration can revolutionize and evolutionize us. And you're talking about like, are you kidding me? <laughs> okay. I, I, wanna know, I wanna know what they're doing to the pork. I was like, are you kidding me? This is like, really? You, you know, it's like you don't get the power of this word, right? Like we're talking about community and evolution and being interconnected and interrelated. Well, you know, if you say, well, I'm interrelated and that's why I picked up this grain of sand. Meh. But if you say I'm interrelated and that's why I created this charity so that the people in my neighborhood could have X, Y, and Z. Ah, you can see the heartfulness of that. Mm. That's a whole other thing. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's almost as if uh, in that example you give, uh, they've trivialized the word inspiration. And, uh, and it's, it just, you know, it's like, really? I, I just, I don't see that. And I think that uh, 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 Madison Avenue could do a better job of, of uh, promoting pork than using the word inspiration. Well, uh, well, you talk about the streams of consciousness, yeah, right? Yeah. Well, we're in a world that sometimes... There's like catchphrases, you're supposed to get it, that's it, there's no growth, there's no expansion, there's no illumination in the conversation. Streams of consciousness, one of the reasons that I brought it, and obviously the divine wanted me to bring it out in a really crazy time of you know our lives, mm-hmm. was to bring that inspiration and a sense of recognition of our collectiveness, of our interrelatedness, and celebrating our unique perspectives in a way that doesn't isolate, it doesn't judge, it doesn't yeah. reprimand, it doesn't say this is better than this. They are all streams of divine energy. Absolutely. So that is a place to really, for us to play. Like well, to I, connect with each other. Absolutely. Well, I thank you for sharing your time with us and playing with us here on Tell Me Your Story and sharing with us uh, the questions and the answers therein in uh, your latest work, Streams of Consciousness. We encourage people to go to your website, lumari.com, to find out more about uh, what you are all about. If they haven't figured it out already, <laughs> I, <laughs> I'd like to think that maybe they have. Be that as it may, are you ready? Are you ready to receive direct access to the divine? Why don't you get more information? by going to lumari.com, getting a copy of her book, Streams of Consciousness. Discover, please discover the 12 hidden frequencies of creation. Activate your higher calling and uplift our world. And Lumari, I want to thank you again for joining us and for uh, being with us here on the program. And I look forward to having you back again. Uh, what, uh, what do you see uh, on the horizon uh, for Lumari as well as the, uh, the work that you're doing? I'm really excited because... To accompany the book, I have some workshops that I'm creating. I have activations that you can download on my website that helps you be more in sync. And naturally, you know, I'm doing my individual coaching to help people raise their vibration, clear away what I like to call is the debris mm-hmm. so they can shine. And I'm really excited. I'm just really excited that we had the opportunity, Richard, to connect again. And you invited me to share with your fabulous community. Thank you so much. You are very welcome. And I guarantee you, we will do this again before 2020 is out. Okay. Thank you, my dear. You are very welcome. I thank you for listening to Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. We are giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. And until our next broadcast podcast, love to love.